past couple of weeks, uh, we've used chapel to reflect on the bad Bible words. Two weeks ago, it was sin, those times that we miss the mark and how God forgives us. Last week, transgression, how we can stuff up relationships, remember the broken plate, and the important, messy work of fixing them. This week, we're looking at the word iniquity. It's a funny word. No one really knows what it means anymore, and no one really uses it anymore. In fact, Zeph uh, had it in the Bible reading that he led us, and, and he asked me, how do I say this word? What does this word mean? Before, as he was practicing. It's a word that we don't use, and if we look at this graph from uh, Google, it shows that over the past 200 years, uh, use of the word iniquities really tailed off. You might guess from the way that the word sounds that it's about things being unequal, unfair, unjust. The psalm that we heard uh, uses the word iniquity. Uh, and the psalm, of course, was written in Hebrew, and it, the word translated as iniquity is avon. And it, it's a word about things being crooked. Imagine a crooked referee or an unjust playing system. Life can feel like this at times, can't it? Things don't go smoothly. They're rough. They're unfair. They're crooked. Sometimes they're unfair because that's the consequence of our actions. Think of climate change. But also they can be unfair just because the world is dynamic and dangerous. Think of earthquakes. I want to share with you the story of Horatio G. Spafford. He knew about life being unfair, about being crooked, about life being avong. But how did he respond? Horatio G. Spafford was a successful lawyer and businessman in Chicago with a lovely wife and a family. His wife, Anna, and he had five children. However, they were not strangers to tears and tragedy. Their young son died of pneumonia in 1871. And in that same year, much of their business was lost to the Great Chicago Fire. Yet God, in his mercy and kindness, allowed the business to flourish once more. On November 21st, 1873, the French Ocean liner Ville de Havre was crossing the Atlantic from the US to Europe with 313 passengers on board. Among the passengers were Mrs Spafford and their four daughters. Mr Spafford had planned to go with the family, but he found it necessary to stay in Chicago and help solve an unexpected business problem. He told his wife he would join her and the four children in Europe in a few days. His plan was to take a different ship. About four days into crossing the Atlantic Ocean, the Ville de Javier collided with the powerful iron-hulled Scottish ship, the Lochern. Suddenly, all of those on board were in grave danger. Anna hurried and brought her four children to the deck. She knelt with Annie, Margaret Lee, Bessie and Tatiana, and they prayed that God would spare them. Within approximately 12 minutes, the Ville de Javier slipped beneath the dark waters of the Atlantic, carrying with it 226 of the passengers, including the four Spafford children. A sailor rowing a small boat over to the spot where the ship went down spotted a woman floating on a piece of wreckage. 
It was Anna, still alive. He pulled her onto his boat, and they were eventually picked up by a bigger vessel. Nine days later, they landed in Cardiff in Wales. From there, she wired her husband a message which began, Saved alone. What shall I do? Mr Spafford later framed that telegram and placed it on his office wall. Mr Spafford booked passage on the next available ship and left to join his grieving wife. With the ship about four days out, the captain called Spafford into his cabin and told him they were over the place where his children had drowned. According to Bertha Spafford Verster, a daughter who was born after the tragedy, Spafford wrote a song while on this journey. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot that has taught me to say, it is well, it is well with my soul. Over the past three services, we've highlighted bad Bible words. It's worth recognising that, yes, things do suck. We know from this from experience that stuff-ups are real. But just as real, and even more powerful, is God's forgiveness. It's true that we do things that cause harm. But even more true is the fact that God is alongside us, supporting us to heal and to fix any damage. And we can look at our world and know that things aren't right. But equally, we can look at our world and know, as Spafford did, that God is in control. It will be well. It will be well with our souls. These three words, sin, transgression, iniquity, while they point to what is wrong with our world, they are really for us to look through. Yes, they point to reality, but more so they point to forgiveness, grace and rescue. Amen. Thank you.